I just want to be boobs. Like, if I could just be boobs, like a head on some boobs, I'd be fine. Well, actually, I kind of like that I have a giant butt. Could you be both? Could I just be boobs and butt? Yeah. So basically just my head on some boobs on a butt. My butt, my boobs and my butt, to be specific, in case that wasn't clear. (laughs) My head as well, in case that wasn't clear. (laughs) I want a drawing. I wish I was a good cartoonist. If I could do illustrations, I would draw my own head on top of my own boobs, on top of my own butt, and be like, this is an accurate caricature of my dream self. But then would your butt be on backwards? Because then what would you have in the front if, you, if you're if you just a butt on the bottom? Because um, you you piled on kind of like a snowman, like assembled like a snowman. So like, if you're just butt, then your butt has to be turned around to be right under your boobs, no? Well, no, I want my butt to be... Behind you? Yeah, because like the boobs would make you topple forward and the butt would make you topple backwards. You weeble and wobble, but you never fall down. <laughs> your face was priceless you know what i came home and jesse was already making supper because he told me i told him that i had the podcast at five o'clock so he was like making sure that i ate at like 4 30 as soon as i got home and then he bought toblerone so we can have dessert later like i should marry this guy oh wait oh hang on he's married oh you already did oh oh wait he's married Our guest for this episode is Delaney Fisher, and she's an amazing simplicity coach, creative consultant. She is just a ton of fun to talk to. She's very focused and amazing at what she does, but does it all with like this really fun, playful, light spirit. So it's so easy to work with her. And she has two podcasts. So it was really cool of her to take time to be on our podcast because she is on Self Helpless with Kelsey Cook and Taylor Tomlinson. And she also has her own podcast called Aficionado, which is a very cool um, listen for people who are entrepreneurs or aspiring. And um, I should say that... I know what you can say. Um, You can talk about how much you love my books that you haven't read yet. I have. You have three out? No, two. I've read them, Megan. I'm just trying to. Are you just jealous because I'm in love with Delaney? I think so. Megan. Just glad COVID can keep you two apart. <laughs> Delaney, this is Megan. Megan, this is Delaney. Hi, Delaney. Hi, Megan. Pleasure to meet you. I've heard so many good things about you. Oh, that's so nice. I've heard <laughs> great things about you as well. Uh. I, was, I was trying to think <laughs> earlier, like, because... For like the intro after, I was like, what am I going to say? And I was like, well, like I have lots of good things to say about Delaney, but like mostly I just want to say like, the, here's Delaney Fisher. Like I really wanted to share her with everyone and stop doing it in this really douchebag way of being like my consultant Delaney <laughs> said that it's better. if Say yeah. whatever you got, whatever you want to say is fine with me. I just realized yesterday when... Because Megan, you know, has heard me blabber on about you incessantly, but 
yesterday she was like but was there something in particular you wanted to talk to Delaney about (laughs) right okay yeah you probably know my whole life story so really (laughs) already (laughs) like she is the cutest dog uh yeah. yeah I'm an open book really I'm I'm not one of those people you have to worry about walking on eggshells with with an interview so oh yeah that's yeah. right because I was <laughs> I was like there are some people who are like no we can talk about anything and then they're like just don't ask me about this or that or this other thing and I'd rather not talk about that or yeah. more fun they answer all your questions but then they email you the next day when you're like halfway through the edits and they're like, can you take this out? And I also, if I said anything about that, I don't want my boss to know. And can you take out my are just oh, like, yeah. okay, no, that's okay. But that's of course, no fun. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> if you accidentally make a confession, Delaney, I will take it out. Or just leave it in. Might be or a juicier episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys record video for this. I'm just wondering if I should be like <laughs> laying back. Or no, one's gonna, no one's going to see it. Yeah. As many chins okay. as possible. I'm um, in my family's house right now. So I have a little bit of a different setup and I'm in like this bowl chair. So <laughs> I look like the Godfather. That's why. Are you there illegally? Or are you allowed to be at your family's house? I know. Who knows? I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to look up uh, Governor Newsom has said this week, but we just okay. got, we got an announcement yesterday that Christmas is just canceled. That is just what like really canceled. restricted to a certain amount of people. Totally canceled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're like the germ feast hub of like the globe. So, oh my God, we haven't gotten that yet. We've had a lot of restrictions, but yeah. Cause they gave us like, it was almost like your parents giving you a warning. Like if you don't behave, we will take Christmas away. And so they oh. said, if you quarantine yourself 10 days before and 10 days after Christmas, we'll give you like three days to get together. And now they're like, you did not behave. How do they regulate that though? They really, can they? Can they really regulate well, that? Well, there's, there's like announcements saying if you see your neighbor having a party, call the cops. Like you need to rat out your, your neighbors. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. Wow. What a wild time. So right. insane. Totally. Oh, wow. That's crazy. It well, is crazy. Um, so I've talked about you a ton to Megan, but I didn't, I don't think I gave her like a background. Um, so Meg's basically I was listening to this podcast one day. And it had Delaney on the podcast. And I was like, who is this person? And the obviously cool stuff was basically just Delaney that you're a rebel and your co-hosts were mortified by half of what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, what do you mean you cut your own hair or like whatever stuff? Or you are using like all natural products and remedies and and some more successful than others, I guess. And they just were just like, don't put food on your face. What are you doing? <laughs> um, so already I was like, yes, this is one of my people. I was about to say, my people. <laughs> but then I got super excited because um, I was at that moment was feeling super stuck, like being in immersed in like five different artistic projects from comedy to burlesque to writing and whatever else, but also doing this job that was sort of mind numbing and soul sucking that I can get very passionate about at times. But Mostly I was just really drained by and not very excited about. And I heard you talking, Delaney, about how you had shifted out of a corporate job and into your creative stuff and then 
moved on even further to also consulting other creative people. I'm going to talk about all your steps, but (laughs) I was just like, this is so cool because this is somebody who is not just one of the bazillions of Instagram influencers who is promising you that they can help you through that. And then you go look them up and they're like 19 years old and they've never had a job in their life. And they're posting pictures of themselves doing yoga on the beach in Bali. And you're just like, "Mm, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) And they're just going through like this template that you can download from like 5,000 other people. So the thing that I thought was so cool is that not only were you, you know, an artist and a creative person, but that you had actually gone through all the steps. And so you were coming from a place of like actually having experienced it, actually having made a bunch of, we'll call them mistakes, but obviously, I mean, they're building blocks and steps, but also just having that creative brain. Cause I even went to therapy a couple of times, talked to different therapists, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And they were like, maybe that should just be your hobby, you know? <laughs> Like maybe you should grow up and just do your real job and stop complaining and stop being, stop calling yourself an artist or, you know, whatever. Like most people's parents. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was paying these people hundreds of dollars to be like, I think it's time to grow up. So I was, yeah, just immediately like, I don't know if this person will even answer me or not, but I need to like know where she came from, like how this happened and stuff like that. So I was super, super excited to have you come and talk about your journey a little bit. I don't want to miss stuff. Like I know for sure you were doing a corporate job. I know you were doing improv and stand-up comedy, which you were brilliant at, but I don't know where it started, like where you started feeling like, hey, wait a minute, I'm in the wrong place creatively and career-wise. Well, Jen, that was such a sweet intro. Thank you so much. I was like, oh, who is this person that you're talking about? What are you going to say next? <laughs> and I'm so glad the fact that I smashed, you know, banana on my face drew drew you to me. <laughs> this, is, this is good news because it did freak a lot of people out, the things I do. Um, so, yeah, I basically, if you want me to kind of get into my backstory a little bit, I have always suffered from shiny object syndrome, which is basically, the, everybody probably knows this, but creative entrepreneurs, you're just kind of perpetually distracted moving from one thing to the next. And it's really hard to focus because you have so many different interests and passions. And so I've always, I was always somebody who was involved in way too much shit, just from fetus till a few years ago, really the whole, my whole life. And I got to a point where um, I was doing probably eight, eight to 10 different things. Uh, I was writing a second feature film for a network. I was doing stand-up on nights and weekends. I had a corporate entertainment job. I was on an improv troupe. I had a product-based hobby that I did. I had just started a podcast with my friends. The list just kind of went on and it was insane. And my brain just stopped working. Who would have thunk it? That's basically what happened. I remember walking around my day job at lunchtime and just couldn't remember what time it was, what I was supposed to be doing, just kind of everything just went away. Um, My brain just, it couldn't take it. I was, I was basically overworking myself, overstimulated for so long that it maybe only lasted a couple minutes or something, but it was very scary. And, And I was like, okay, I need, I need to make a change here. I don't know what, Uh, things have to come off my plate. I can't keep doing this. This is not sustainable. 
So got my ass into therapy. That was very helpful. Um, And she basically said, yeah, you know, people think burnout is just like this woo woo term, but you basically fried your synapses. So yeah, what you experienced is something that's real. Um, And so I started really looking at all the stuff I was doing and asking myself a million questions about what I actually wanted my days to look like versus what was currently on my plate. And I slowly weeded things out from there. So I took everything off of my plate that I was doing, except for the two projects that would actually lead me to what I hoped, you know, would hope, hopefully lead me if they went well to a lifestyle that I really wanted, which is basically I wanted to work from home and create my own schedule and do something creative. And everything else that I was doing was leading me in a totally opposite direction. Um, I didn't, I wasn't happy with the performer lifestyle. I wasn't happy in entertainment. There was a lot that just didn't really fit, you know, the life I wanted. And so I stopped everything except for the podcast that I had started with my friends called Self Helpless and this crazy product-based side hustle that I had called Dicks by Delaney, (laughs) where I painted penises on uh, coffee mugs. And so I basically took all of this energy that I was pouring that was just spread across so many different things. And I just kind of honed in on two different things. And when I did that within less than a year, I was able to leave my day job. And that's when I realized, Oh shit, I've been doing this all wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've been really thinking that you have to kill yourself for it, for your work, for it to actually be successful And the more that I've simplified and the more that I've set boundaries with work, the more kind of successful and healthier I've become. And so that's kind of how I transitioned out of everything. And then basically when I launched my product-based business, a lot of artists and entrepreneurs started reaching out saying, how the hell are you making full-time money painting penises on coffee mugs? Will you please help me? (laughs) And and that kind of organically led into consulting and coaching and stuff, you know, entrepreneurs and and artists and stuff. So that's what I do now. Where did the idea for painting dicks on mugs came from? (laughs) (laughs) When I was three years old. No, uh, When I, so when I was doing standup, I did stand up for about six and a half years. I was invited to a holiday party in like 2015 with a bunch of comedians and we were all going to do like the white elephant gift exchange and they just said bring something weird or make something for cheap or whatever and just bring it and so I just I, I got a plain white coffee mug and I sharpied and painted a bunch of colorful penises on it as a joke and <laughs> I gave I gave the gift and people really liked it it got it kept getting stolen people like who needs this mug Um, And then before I left that party, one of my friends, who's a hilarious comedian, uh, JC Karias, he asked me like, hey, can you make me a set of these for, you know, my place if I pay you some money? And I was like, I guess, but I never (laughs) plan to make one of these ever again. (laughs) And that's how it happened. People just kind of word of mouth were like, oh, you got to get a dick mug from Delaney. And then (laughs) it was just something I did as a hobby for almost three years, kind of on the down low for friends and family. And then I like, sold a little bit on Etsy, but didn't really, you know, promote it. And um, it was kind of under my nose, you know, when I decided how the hell do I get out of my day job? How do I get out of entertainment? This Dick Spy Delaney thing was there. People seemed to like it. It was making money without me really kind of promoting it. And I 
kind of asked myself, what would it look like if I tried to make that a real business instead of just not taking it very seriously? So that's how that <laughs> came to be. I love it though. <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty sure when I first saw that and I went to go see what it was, I was like, how, who is buying? I think at that point though, Taylor had already given the one to Conan O'Brien. And I was like, okay, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Like, I understand why he would have that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like the average person. But right. then, <laughs> but then um, we actually, it was a friend in Nat King Pole, local drag king. Um, his birthday was coming up and we were like, what do we get for Nat? What should we do? And then I was like, oh my God. Nat King Pole, right? <laughs> yeah. I was saying that dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like oh, things you don't hear every day. I remember painting that dick. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the job because at first, you know, I started by hand painting everything, and then I ended up scaling the business by hiring a couple cartoonists to do the digital stuff. And I used to just love seeing the finished product of what they would do and all the funny names and stuff. And I, I remember seeing that. One. <laughs> But it was funny because because I know that you were already giving them like you know penis name like changing the names of people and I was like oh her drag name already is a penis name so that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you like okay so because you moved on to doing dicks by Delaney but then that grew to the point where you actually had to start delegating work to other people you had to have a staff to actually run that business and then that business end up closing down because your focus was you know on your consulting business and your other projects and your your podcast was that like I am like you like I have to do all the projects every idea I have I can't give them away I have to do them and then on top of it I have to be the person who does every part of all the things and I get so deeply attached and one of the hard things that you told me in I think the very first session we ever had was you have to stop doing everything that's not going to cause you pain to say goodbye to and when you said it I was like yeah sure but then when I sat down and like listed all the stuff I was doing I was like no how am I going (laughs) to do this but how did that feel like it wasn't just a business and your art and this like creative Thing, but it was the also the one that was your transition out of your corporate life like was that hard to let go of or were you just like no it's time I'm done oh it sucked it totally sucked um it's so hard as a creative to relinquish control or especially creative control if you're doing that as well um I got to a point I you know what happens is I I do some kind of, I go in, you know, forward with some kind of new endeavor and then I burn out at some point. And then I, and I'm like, oh shit, I've done it again. Now I got to figure out how to do this without being a workaholic. And that's what happened with Dick Spy Delaney. I got so busy that I realized like, I'm not going to be able to sustain this. Like, this is not a sustainable business if it's just going to be me. And I kind of started crunching the numbers of, and and also the logistics of what would it be like to have artists who are doing the hand painting on mugs and everything felt very complicated with scaling that kind of product-based business. And so I, I started thinking, well, what if it wasn't a physical thing? What if it was, what if we did digital art and then we basically gave it to our customer and said, here's some ideas of what you can do with it, but it's really up to your creativity 
how you want to put this out into the world. You know, some people put it on their business cards or coffee mugs or blankets or pillows. And it kind of gave the customer a creative outlet too with what they were doing with their, with their product. But it got to the point where, yeah, I was, I was so tired. I couldn't do it. I needed the help. You know, it, it kind of got to a point where there was no choice. So it was challenging because, you know, it's hard like training somebody on what kind of, you know, uh, what kind of art it should be, what kind of, you know, tone, what you're trying to do. And so it's a little bit of experimental, you know, in the beginning, and then you can get into a nice rhythm and groove of everything. And so my first artist, who's, you know, was fantastic, um, they really kind of helped me form what the digital art would be. So when the next person came on, I was like, look, this is, this is what it is. Just copy this basically. So it's uncomfortable. But I know that you have to get help if you want to grow. There's just nobody does it by themselves. And if they tell you they've done it all by themselves, they're full of shit. (laughs) Don't listen to them. (laughs) Everybody has help. Everybody, whether it's a bookkeeper, you know, doing your uh, finance stuff or you have, you know, a meal plan that comes to your house or Mm -hmm. everybody has help with something, assistance you know, business coaches, whatever it might be. So I think hearing that enough from people that I admired is like, look, the the second you get help, you will grow. That's just how it works. So yeah, it's uncomfortable. There's really no way around it. I think one of the, what you were saying too, about having help, one of the things that I found most helpful like working with you too was just okay when I was like uh 20 years old I wrote in my journal you know dear diary I don't know what to do with my life I I really have to start making decisions I'm 20 now and it's really time to start planning and I don't know what to do because all I want to do is write and play music so it really sucks because I don't know what to do with my life like it just was pages I still have it it's just pages of me telling myself what I want to do and not listening to myself and you know and just like dwelling on like so what are you going to do what are you going to do and not even acknowledging what I wanted to be doing and it's really cute I can go oh 20 year old me she was so adorable she had no idea that she was already saying what she wanted to do except for like 40 something year old me talked to you for the first time and you were like what do you what makes you feel good like what are you doing that you're passionate and excited about and I feel like I almost the exact same thing with you when I was talking about like my vegan coaching and plant-based stuff that I was like yeah I don't know what to do because this is what I really like so I don't know what am I going to do and you were just like well how about we look at doing the the thing that you <laughs> that you just told me you wanted to do. Why don't we start with that and figure out what that looks like? And yeah. so even just having somebody like reflecting back to you and being like, okay, this is what I'm hearing you say. Cause it's so easy for us to just talk over over our own selves and drown out all that stuff. But then of course the next step is like overcoming your terror. <laughs> the idea of actually committing to that to that thing too that's pretty pretty scary so I think that was one of the things too when I was saying that working with you was amazing because you know having seen somebody actually take the risk as well not just telling someone like you can follow these steps like just seeing not just you but even all your people that you're working with just watching this very cool community of people taking these steps and going out loud okay guys 
I'm taking this step over here and having other people around going like, yes, do it. You know, <laughs> it's cool. I'll buy your peanut butter or whatever. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. I've, I've really learned that we obviously like to complicate everything. You know, we like to complicate it. We know, we, we usually know what we want to do. And if we don't know what we want to do, we at least know what we like <laughs> or what we hate. And that's a very helpful clue to kind of get started. And as far as getting help, you know, as you're growing with your business or project, whatever it is, you can just do the thing that you love the most and then get help with the rest. I think people really believe they have to be really good at a lot of different things and have all these super skills in all these different areas to like make it, you know, quote unquote, but really you just gotta be good at like one, two, one or two things, probably just one really. And then you just outsource the rest or you get help with the rest. And I, I learned that a little bit too late. <laughs> I wish, and I wish I would have started getting help a little bit sooner. That's a pretty crazy Thing to hear you say since your job is actually helping people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to um, just tell you the real reason why I told Megan about you is because. <laughs> is this where you Meg that you're in love with me, Jen? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's that. No, that's you ready that's for this? That's easy. <laughs> that I was going to ask you to marry us on both on the podcast, but then you already got engaged. No, um, that Megan and I were talking one day and we we're making a joke probably about marriage, actually. Maybe I was trying to marry her and she was telling me she was already married. And then we were looking for loopholes and she did point out that she found out, was it after your wedding, Megan? Yeah. Oh, because we were talking about ancestry, how we, how we were surprised that we're not related. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I found out a couple years after my wedding that I'm related to my husband by like really? eighth cousin. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Like when that story like hit Jen's ears, she was like, I know who we need to have. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is the best reason ever. <laughs> but, but I, okay. I know it's not the focal point of your life, Delaney, but like you're special. Yeah. Let's <laughs> well, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. Well, I want to start at the beginning and just ask you like, I, because I made a million mistakes describing it to make. I'm like, her mom is dating her. No, wait, her cousin. Wait, hang on. There's her like, aren't we talking to her tomorrow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why, Delaney? Oh, why? That is so funny. Mm -hmm. So I have a. There's a comedy special that is free on YouTube right now called Love at First Cousin, and it's a comedy special I made before I left the industry. It's like my farewell comedy, and it's all about how both my mom and my grandpa have had romantic situations with their first cousins. <laughs> and so when my mom ended up telling me this at some point, I was like, oh, mom, can I please talk about this on stage? Like, this is gold. <laughs> Nobody else is talking about this. And she was so uncomfortable with it. And then about after about a year, she was like, all right, I don't really give a shit. Do whatever. And it was, it was just an idea that I wanted to bring to life because it was so weird. And I 
kind of, I knew I wanted to leave stand up, but I also knew I wanted a project in order to feel like I had some kind of commencement or graduation <laughs> ceremony before I left. And so I thought about it. I said, okay, I could do kind of a standard comedy special where I put all my A material in there that I know that, you know, the crowd pleasing type stuff, most of the stuff that I'm super sick of telling on stage, or I can do this weird thing that might not work, <laughs> but at least I will kind of enjoy the process. And I think it will feel kind of exciting and, and different. And so, yeah, that's what I did. I decided I was leaving stand up and I, we, I put this together with a producer within, I mean, everything from start to finish was I think less than four months. So writing it, testing all the material out, filming everything, editing everything. I had a lot of new material that I was just, I was going up on stage every single night trying to test it out. And, and there it was. I mean, I, some of the, some of those jokes, I mean, I was finishing the night before I recorded the special. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's this weird little passion project, you know, that I, that I put out there. Where did you find, did you put out like a casting call? Like, are you dating? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, I did. I put it. So there's some websites that I found some Facebook groups for, you know, cousin lovers and stuff. And, and I just started kind of popping around in places saying, listen, I'm trying to shed light in a positive way on these types of situations. And if you're interested in, you know, working with me, email me basically. And so I got tons of emails from cousin couples who really wanted to tell me their love story but none of them wanted to be on camera. They were way too scared. They're like, look, it's still way too taboo. We don't want anything happening to us. So you can use the story, but we're not going to be in, in, you know, the special. So I tried to get real life cousin couples on camera did not work. So then I realized, okay, I can take these real stories and just hire actors to portray them. And so that's what I did. I just, blasted my comedy community and actor friends and I said hey I'm holding auditions this Saturday in this little weird room come <laughs> on over and yeah we did a day of casting and put all these couples together that ended up being so good and most people don't even realize they're actors because they're so great in it um and that's how we were able to tell the real stories without with with also protecting you know the anonymity of everybody who submitted their story to us. I didn't know. I couldn't tell that they were actors at all. Yeah. That's just like, I was, and I was surprised. I was like, wow, they're just coming right out and telling their story. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't that easy. And there's been a lot of uh, productions that have tried before to do cousin couple documentaries and docu-series and every one of them has failed. Nobody, nobody's done it yet successfully. So we'll see. Well, it warmed my heart. I accidentally slept with a cousin once. Well, no, that's a lie. Uh, it's not a lie. I did it. It wasn't an accident. But he lied to me about how old he was. So it was oh not. My gosh. Yeah, you got to stop all your behind, Jen, because uh, I don't know what's next. <laughs> you know what's so fascinating, though, is I would tell these jokes on stage and ever after, not, not just once in a while, every single show where I was working this material out, somebody told me about a cousin instance, you know, with them. So everybody had something, but nobody was talking about it and nobody really wanted to admit it. 
And so I realized, oh, this is way more common than anybody is really sharing. That's, I think that's one of the things I love about doing stand up is if you're the kind of comic who, who tells weird stories or reveals stuff about, like, I've gone up and talked about stuff thinking that the audience was laughing because it was so weird, but then having people come up afterwards and you realize they're laughing because they can relate and they're like, you said, like you said, I'm dating my cousin or my yep. parents are cousins or whatever. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> All right. I want to ask you, since mostly I just babbled about what I thought about you, um, <laughs> when you're when you're doing now that you're actually doing consulting with people who are building their own businesses and stuff, do you find that there's a few like typical obstacles that these people have had that have been the thing that's been stopping them all along from just diving into that stuff? Yeah, it's kind of something we already touched on earlier, but we we all make things a lot harder than they need to be. Um, everybody I work with already has exactly what they need to basically start their business or project and move forward. But there's a lot of imposter syndrome that creeps up. There's a lot of overcomplicating things that pops up because most of us, myself included, you know, growing up, we're either told or it's displayed for us that, you know, work has to be hard. You just got to pick something and live for the nights and weekends and blah, blah, blah. And so when you spend a lifetime with that kind of, you know, training, uh, it's really hard to unravel that in one consulting session, you know, that takes, that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of unlearning. So that is something that is, a huge theme with everybody. They think they need more, but they already have the skill set. They think they need more certifications or more credits or more something. And sometimes, you know, that is what what they decide to do, but it's usually already it's been there and we're just trying to kind of pull it out and package it in a certain way to where they can profit off of it if they want. So, that is something. Another thing I would say is most people think they have to have everything set up before they actually do the work, myself included. And that's the thing I've made every single thing my clients have been through that happened to me in the beginning too. So I, I can always see it. <laughs> I can see it happening right in front of me, but we think that we have to have the website and the logo and the, this and the, that um, before we start doing the thing that we want to do. And it's actually the opposite. We just got to start doing it, collect that information and all the other you know, fancier stuff can come, come later when we have more info about what we're, what we're doing and who we're helping. So yeah, those are a couple of themes that I've noticed. There's I think I've lost like so many, probably I've lost weeks before, like years ago, just working so hard on the look of my website, like first having to learn WordPress, then learning how to make your own themes, then working on all this, stuff, just spending hours and hours and weeks basically unknowingly procrastinating, but not getting to the thing that I actually wanted to be doing. Yeah, it's tough because there's a lot of fear involved. Do you find, I find, I meet a lot of people too, who myself included as, and Megan and I have talked about this before, who sort of put so much pressure on themselves that instead of like really focusing on the thing that they want to be doing, put a lot of focus on trying to train themselves not to even want that in the first place. Like, I don't know, I've gone definitely gone through phases where I'm like, why can't I just want to be a refrigerator repairman who like works until five o'clock, goes home, orders pizza, watches the game, goes to sleep and is super content and like 
doesn't stay up all night going, but what if I did this? And this could be so cool. You know, it would be like just to not even have that part of your brain. But I I do know tons of people who who feel that way. And a lot who are like, no, I just have to, I hear friends saying that I just have to focus on like their job. I just need to get my shit together. I just need to stop screwing around. I just need to realize that it's time to, and I'm like, time to not be content, (laughs) time to just accept the fact that you can't have this, this stuff. Like I I'm, I'm just surprised by how many people think that there's something wrong with them. Not that there's something wrong with how they're doing well, they do think there's something wrong with how they're doing things, but they think it's because that they shouldn't want bigger things. They shouldn't want more in life, that they should learn how to be content with what they have. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've been there. Definitely. I, oh, I used to pray all the time. Can I please just be content with this day job that I have and this two week vacation and hanging out with friends and family on the weekends And I just, I'm not, I'm not, I have to love what I do. I Mm -hmm. it's both things are uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to stay in something that you don't enjoy. And it's uncomfortable to do something that you do enjoy. Both, both can be wonderful and shitty at the same time. And I figured if I'm going to be uncomfortable anyway, I might as well be going after what I actually want to do versus just stay in this type of uncomfortability. And Yeah, I think if we can just stop resisting what we actually want and just start asking or thinking, okay, well, instead of me trying to, you know, deny myself of this path that I really want to take, how about I just make it work? What does that look like? How can I just take the steps to make this work and make it happen and commit to that, you know, so. Trying to breathe. I try to breathe and let Megan talk, but I'm not good at it. I'm not allowed, though. <laughs> Megan, you I'm not allowed though. And then she just cuts out everything I ask. And then every once in a while, I really awkwardly go, Megan, did you have anything you wanted to ask? And then she's like, and that's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to ask you about procrastination because Jen and I've talked about that quite a bit. And it's it's weird because you love what you do, but it's like the fear of failure almost. So it's like if I'm if I don't sit down today to write, it'll be there tomorrow because maybe you know, it's like a weird punishment for yourself almost. Like yeah. you know you could be getting so much done, but at the same time you're just like maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, procrastination is a huge telltale sign of perfectionism. So if you are a procrastinator, it's usually because you're being perfectionistic, which means yeah, usually you are afraid of something. You're afraid of put it. Basically, what it all comes down to is fear of criticism. We're really afraid. What pe- about what people are going to think of us and what we're going to think of us. We're afraid that whatever we put out there is going to suck, that people are going to be mean to us about it, that we're going to fail and humiliate ourselves. And when that is just looping around in your head, it will usually act out, it act its way out in just not doing the thing. But some people might not even be aware that that's why they're not doing it is because of the fear. They just think, oh, I'm lazy or I don't, maybe I don't really want to, or it feels hard but really we're just scared. And so if you can manage the fear and work through the fear, you can find that the, pro- the procrastination can actually get a lot better. 
and I'm not saying you can cure it, but you can definitely manage it better and, and catch, catch yourself in your tracks and kind of get yourself out of it. Mm. So yes, that is a, that's a big one. I am guilty of it too. I do it all the time and I just have to, you know, it doesn't go away. You just get better at calling yourself out really. Yeah. I love that you just said that because so many people say like, you just have a fear of success. You don't want to succeed. And I'm always like, I desperately want to succeed. I don't like, no, yeah, I totally want to freak out every month and wonder how I'm going to pay my bills and like have yeah. piles and piles of stories to tell that no one ever reads. Like I, in my cavernous basement studio, like this is not what I want. <laughs> so, but I love that you said that because it's not just, it's not the succeeding part no one's like oh no what if everyone loves me what if everyone thinks I'm amazing it's the part about what if they don't what if I I do the thing everyone can see it and it's not what I thought it was going to be or they don't care about it or they don't like it or you know yeah yeah I'm sorry that was totally rude maybe there's people who are afraid to succeed and then that's no I think it's interesting you brought that up because I've never really identified with that either this fear of fear of success for me it's always been a fear of failure feel fear of failure I figure like the fear of success for me has just been uh, well with the industry I was in for me the fear of success was just feeling way too exposed to the general public and that made me feel very unsafe <laughs> but when I think about the success in other ways financial success freedom of time all of that I'm not afraid of that at all bring it on baby but <laughs> when it comes to some of the other stuff that is when I kind of my fear kicked in. But yeah, when you're first starting, I don't, I really do think it's, it's the fear of failure and criticism that's stopping people not like, ooh, what if I just become famous overnight, and everything is wonderful. I don't think that's really stopping people, you know, from putting their stuff out there. That's what Megan was like, Oh, no, what if everyone buys my book, and it doesn't just sit there on Amazon doing nothing? <laughs> that's gonna be terrible. <laughs> So Delaney, now, where are your, where's your energy focusing now? Are you still feeling drawn to all the shiny things around you? Are you feeling? Good question. Um, no, I'm not I, at the moment. Really, my, my shiny object syndrome has really been focused into one project. So I'm still a little bit all over the place and a little cuckoo sometimes, but it's all about one thing instead of 10 different things. <laughs> so like my operations manager, Chris is such an angel for dealing with me. Cause it'll be like one day. Okay. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Let's get it started. And then the, to, the next morning. Okay. Actually I take back everything I said. Can we just hold off because I want to do this. It's awful. We're, I mean, like I am one of those nutty entrepreneurs and I have to constantly reel it in. Um, so I still struggle with it, but I'm, I'm, I've remaining, like I'm staying focused too. Um, so yeah. I want to remember that next time I call, call you and I'm like, okay, Delaney, hear me out. Don't freak out yet. Cause it's all related to the same thing. So it's okay. If it sounds like I'm trying to build an empire. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Like, I, I think uh, a lot of people reach a, a level of success and they put on a front like, ooh, and I have figured it out and everything is great. And no, it's still a shit show, even when you accomplish your goals, but it's a happier one. It's, it's a happier mess. 
is what I have, what I have figured out. So now your consulting has also grown into you're doing workshops and you have a podcast. So you have the self-helpless podcast, which you're co-hosting with Kelsey and Taylor. And then you have your own podcast. That's actually about your business and how I won't ask you dumb questions. Like, how is it different? Because I know obviously you have complete control over one of them for starters. (laughs) Um, but how how does that feel to be doing something super familiar but in a in a totally different light and that's really revolving specifically around your baby like your project yeah i do i love it um yes yeah, so i'm i'm basically really at at this moment you know a, a coach or consultant and a podcaster and that's pretty much it and i've really i've even narrowed down my coaching business a lot to where i really only have one thing that I'm doing at the moment. And hot tip for anybody who who has shiny object syndrome, I have a deal with myself that I cannot do anything new for an entire year. I cannot add anything to my business. I cannot do, I can only take away, I can only remove, I cannot add anything. So I am doing one-to-one coaching for an entire year and my my two podcasts and like, that is it. Because I know myself, (laughs) <laughs> and I, so now it's like, okay, I'll write that idea down. And if I want to do it, I'll get to it. But um, so with, uh, with the aficionado, the, my solo podcast, I, what I love about it is like, well, what you said, you know, there is a, there's a creative freedom and control there. And not that I love self-helpless. I have so much fun with it. Um, but there's stuff that I want to go deeper in that doesn't really fit on that show. Like really entrepreneurship has completely changed my life and I'm obsessed with it. It's what I am interested in. This is the, these are the kind of podcasts I listen to. And I really wanted to put something out there kind of specifically about the person out there who isn't happy with the status quo, who is really trying to transition or pivot into something different and they feel a bit lost so they don't know where to start and so that's really what the show is solely about where self-helpless is a comedic self-improvement show there's a lot of different things a lot of different topics and all that this is really trying to kind of take people on a journey of digging deep and figuring out what you want and then practical steps on what you can do to to get there so yeah I really like it um both are totally different. You know, one, one is very improvised and there's no script and it's friends talking and we have a few bullet points in front of us and the rest is just, you don't know what's going to happen. And one, I really sit down and I think about, okay, what steps have I taken and how can I, can, how can I put this into an episode where I can give people, you know, these practical step-by-step processes. And so it's a totally different, totally different experience and and muscle that I'm working with this this new show I love that on aficionado there's always a tool like there's actually a takeaway tool that people can leave with right that minute there's lots of great podcasts that like help you reflect on things and sort of brain brainstorm and stuff like that but I'm I love lists and tools and exercises and stuff so it's really (laughs) fun that there's something you can actively do right away that you're like I'm gonna go take care of this wait Jen you like lists be quiet (laughs) How many agendas do you have right in front of you right now? I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm a list person too. I mean, big time. Why do you think there's a worksheet with every episode of Efficient? 
lists and checklists and worksheets. Oh my gosh. It's a type A dream over there. Megan pretends she, does, she doesn't have a list problem, but you can see all her millions of post-it oh. lists behind her head. So Colin she just, out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they're guys. not lists, they're post-its. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you guys know that I finally found a therapist who told me that writing lists is a helpful exercise and not a compulsion. So yeah. Okay. Well, to be fair, she didn't say it's not a compulsion. She just said it can be helpful. It definitely depends on what you do with the list too. I, I think, is it, are you, are you staring at it all day and it's driving you nuts or are you just brain dumping some things, putting it away for later? Right? <laughs> I have have different versions. There's like the helpful kind and the kind like, I don't want to forget this. This is really important. But I for sure used to to be the kind of person who every time I felt stressed, I'd be like, I just need to write stuff down. I'm just going to write down all the things. And I can relate. It's my life. (laughs) It's like, if I just feel organized about something, everything else will be fine. Yeah. Yep. Even if it's groceries. Um. Cool. Well, Delaney, I don't want to keep you all night long. Well, I do. It's a lie. I want to. (laughs) I was about to say, that is a lie. (laughs) But, well, first, thank you. Because, yay. Awesome. See, Megan, she's real. I'm not imaginary. (laughs) Yes. It was so nice meeting you, Delaney. Nice meeting you too, Megan. This was so fun. Um, Love, you know, love what you're doing with this. Talking about this stuff is important because, you know, we're not alone, but it can feel very lonely if we're not surrounded by people who are also pursuing something that they're they're passionate about, you know. This is the exciting accidental part of this podcast is finding out how many people are experiencing their own version of the same stuff. It's very yeah. cool. It's really, yeah. really cool. Um, Delaney, do you want to tell listeners where they can hunt you down? Absolutely. You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, well, Delaney's just going to have to come on every week. Um, (laughs) You're you're shutting down your Instagram and everything, right? Yes, I am going social media free officially at the end of the month. I've slowly left Facebook, Twitter, and now Instagram. And now I just have the podcast and have my website and my goal at some point is to just have an email address. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I am so happy for you, even though I reacted. This is how sick our society is. I reacted viscerally when I saw that you were closing your Instagram account. And I had to be like, why? Why do you care? Yep. That's so cool. It's that is so, so cool. And I'll definitely be talking about that on Aficionado, too, because I think, uh, you know, that's it's important to share with people that they have options as well with how they show up and market themselves. And, you know, I think social media has been shoved down our throat and we feel like we don't really have a choice, but there's a lot of ways to interact with it that won't make you crazy. Mm-hmm. Also on your website is the link to your, <laughs> to, to, to love it first cousin, right? Your special. Yes, <laughs> it is on there. Yes. You can find it on one of the pages right now and you can, you can find it on YouTube. And your podcast, obviously, is there too, Aficionado and yeah, Self Helpless. Aficionado, yeah, all the coaching stuff is there. Awesome. Yeah, there Great. it is. Yeah, good. Because everyone needs to go have all of that. <laughs> I think. I, I said so. It. And Jen, <laughs> I want to say nice things about you too, since you said so many nice things about me this episode. 
just want to give you a shout out to all your listeners that you are definitely one of the most knowledgeable people I know in your field. And I think you're a little too humble and modest about how much you know. And I want you to brag more and own <laughs> own your shit more. That's a lot of what we <laughs> that's a lot of what we talk about. Um, but I just anybody who is looking for a holistic coach nutritionist is interested in you know getting better you know feeling better with gut health or reducing inflammation or whatever it is Jen's getting a lot of great results and she's just too humble to tell all of you about that so you need to reach out to her because she's changing lives and she's given herself an amazing transformation and I'm going to be pushing her to brag a lot more about those things. So make sure you go and check out Sweet Vegan. I didn't know that if we had you on, you would literally give me homework during the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Never sleeps. <laughs> like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Delaney. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And this was a lot of fun. It was fun. Have a great night with your family. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Yeah. I feel like we're missing something. You know, like, did I leave the stove on kind of feeling? Uh, Jen? Yes. You know what we didn't do? What? Ask our three questions that we ask every single show. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It makes us more visible to other people who don't know that we're out there. And it makes our community that much bigger, which is great. If you would like more detailed show notes, you can go to our website, we'recrazycreative.com. And if you want to leave us a voicemail, which would be super fun and cool, you can go to anchor.fm slash we're crazy creative we'd love to hear from you and maybe we'll even play your message on one of our upcoming episodes you can also follow us on instagram at we're crazy creative podcast i'm jennifer june chapman and you can find me on instagram at jennifer june chapman and on my website jenniferjunechapman.com and for all things vegan you can follow me on instagram at underscore sweet vegan underscore I'm Megan Redmile, and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Author M. Redmile and at my website, MeganRedmile.com. And you can also find my books on Amazon. If it's okay with you, we won't talk about syphilis in front of Delaney. Hi. Oh, well, that's my favorite topic. <laughs> Why not? <laughs>